Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to the Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I am Jim Short. We are back in the blue room. We are back. Uh, I guess it's our home turf. I don't know. It's so weird. It kind of well, nowhere feels like home because we just roam the we nowhere. just roam the planet talking to wonderful, interesting people. But yeah, it's sort of ho- it's sort of home when we're not away. We're sort of we're sort of home. It is allegedly our home, but. Uh, the world is our home. And we're here with a wonderful guest, Adam Barda. Hello. And Adam and I uh, spent the day recording uh, a song uh, called See You Next Tuesday. It's a, it's a dance pop hit. I think it's really catchy. And um, so we just laid down the vocals today. And uh, I thought it was really great. Yeah, I mean, I had an amazing time. You were you were the consummate professional. I mean, I've come from a background recording with like Tan Mom and Octo Mom, so to, to record with you is clearly a step up. Well, thank you. I mean, what's it like to go into the studio with somebody like Octo Mom? Octo was actually pretty pretty good. She was actually really nervous about remembering her lyrics. Um, she was she was she was more neurotic than anything else. I mean, Tan Mom was just drunk. So um, <laughs> at this point, I'll I'll be happy with anybody that's sober that can remember their lyrics. And well, I mean, I have them on a paper in front of me. Can you have that in a studio? I don't know. Yeah, why that's not? not cheating, is it? No, no. I I never. Uh, even if I know the song um, really well, there's something about being in the studio where you. I don't know. Like, I, I always feel like I've got to have the lyrics there. Um, I generally, uh, I don't let go that much in the studio. You yeah, know, it's a total security blanket. You want it to have like that perfection. So you want to have the lyrics there. I think for me. Yeah, it's it's total. I mean, a lot of singers do it. I do it all the time. Well, usually, well, by the time we're going in the studio, the song's just been written. I mean, that's always the case. Like every time I go and record and do music, um, the song is just really being born in the studio. And so, I mean, that's sort of like one of the first or second times I've sung it in general. Um, I'm not, uh, I, you know, usually I'll record something and then I'll like play it and play it and play it, play it later. But I, I usually write and then record right away. So it's a different um, thing, I guess, if you're doing stuff, putting stuff down that you've been doing, but I, I never do that. Yeah, actually last year it was when we were doing all these, churning out these viral videos and, and, and songs with like Tan Mom and Jonah and, Jersey Shore people, um, we were literally, I was going into the studio, recording the song, and the same day, shooting the music video. Mm-hmm. So we were, and we were writing it the day before. So mm-hmm. like within a two day span, we went from like nothing to music video, song, all this stuff. And it was kind of like, um, it just got a little ridiculous. It was so taxing because I didn't even remember what I was working on at the end of the day. Um, and it's, it's, it drains you creatively, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it depends. Like it's a luxury, I think nowadays to like have two weeks to write a song and mm-hmm. rehearse it together and go in and, you know, get your green tea treatments <laughs> like Christina Aguilera or something. But yeah, I mean, it's the kind of a thing like where I really, I do enjoy this kind of stuff now, right now I'm working on a song, um, for Jackson and Stacy's wedding because they're getting married in June. And so I've, uh, been asked to sing the song at the wedding reception. And so I was sort of like, now I'm writing it right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, trying to, I, I have the chorus down and it's like, oh, I, I have, I have the soaring chorus, but I, I, I'm having trouble with the buildup. Like, you know, when you write a song and you, there's sometimes parts come to you that are like, um, you just get the bridge or you just get the outro or you just oh, get yeah. the verse. So, you, you know, the, it's, it's one of those things where the song is very special and yeah. it's my 
you know, very good friends getting married. And, um, in, and it's, it's a situation where I'm really close to both of them and I want to do something really special. So it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure, but then I know that the course is so good. And, um, it, it's like, Oh God, what's going to, what's going to be, this will, there'll probably be a song that I don't know if it'll get recorded. It, it may at some point, but I, I know like, Oh, I've got the perfect hook. Well, somebody will record it on their cell phone and post it on, you know, YouTube and then it's yeah. going to get recorded anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And it'll go viral. So, but in a, in a sense, it has almost more importance than anything that I would put out there. Uh, a lot of my songwriting for me is um, for gifts for people and um, gestures, really nice gestures. Like I wrote a song for a Jim for his birthday. It's a great song. It's a yeah, great it country great. song called oh. Gentleman Jim. It's really beautiful. And and um, so there, there's like, but and, and that actually was recorded. We recorded a full version of it and that'll be on my next record. But it's like um, a lot of stuff that I do is really emotionally um, charged in the beginning. So that's kind of where I start. So it's different for me to do a different style of music. Like the the kind of writing that I do is like more country and rock and roll. Yeah. And to come into your world of dance is very, it's, it's really refreshing and fun and different. Well, I keep saying that you, this is, this actually is a gift to me. You're attempting to get me off the D list and move me up to like the C (laughs) minus list. So it's Margaret's emotional gift to me. Well, it's good. Writing me a hit song. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, and you are, one thing I think you excel at is you really appreciate from you know a lot of times when actors or comedians try to go from the that side of it into the musicality side of it i think you really understand what it takes to make a good hook and a good song oh yeah so that's that's the key thing i mean because you can have a horrible voice i'm not saying you do but some you know you can have a voice where you can't sing at all and it can be an amazing song if you have the right hook and the right thing that yeah. people latch onto and want to sing well right i mean you know like the artists that i love don't have um really diverse deep ranges and they don't have a lot of um tone and resonance yeah. but they, their their voices are to me really incredible and emotionally charged mm-hmm. that's, they, they deliver in their performance and that's what you do that, yeah. but i noticed today you really like you know how to strike that chord and really you know get get at people you know whether it's funny well i mean this was funny obviously mm-hmm. but um i think that's important because people are gonna and that's what they remember they remember that funny line when you're sitting there and you're saying it's margaret bitch or yeah. you know whatever you're doing in, in our it's song. funny but it's jamming i mean it's really it's it's one of those things where you know there's sometimes there's those pop songs that it's like a real earworm and it gets in your right, head right. and you're like oh this is really this is this is totally my jam you know it's like um mm-hmm. and you've written a couple of those because we, we we were on tour and you sang a song at the end uh, with a lot of people you had a lot of guests mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but everyone was singing that song yeah yeah everyone that you sent it to for them to write, <laughs> so like, they came in going i couldn't stop singing that song yeah but um so what did you wear in the studio today i only asked this because when you recorded back a few months ago the the songs that you were talking about mm-hmm. you wore the wrong clothes Oh, and you were very <laughs> hot and sweaty. So I'm wondering, did you figure that out? She wore, she complained because she wore the wrong boots and the wrong. It was all wrong, and it was all. It was like too hot, and it was like, um, it it was like a, it was so hot in the studio, and then I was wearing these furry boots that were just so. I was so overheated and I was so pissed off about it, and uh, we were recording in this place, and you know, with a full band and everything, because we we were doing. Um, this is very different. Like the stuff that I do, like my kind of recording is I get together with the whole band. We do live recording, you know, we yeah, do it all in awesome. one room and that's totally, 
but it's so sweaty and I was furious and, um, but it worked out okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, she actually, well, we actually did double duty today cause we were doing actually triple duty. We were doing not only recording the song, we were shooting the pictures for our CD cover in the studio and then we were mm-hmm. also doing the TV interview. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like your outfit was serving triple purpose today. Yeah. So we did, we did a lot, but it was really good. And I think, you know, it's fun to think about the future of different kinds of songwriting potential, like the way that I, I would love to retire and be one of those people that did like all these different um, songs. Like if you, if you can get into that kind of songwriting thing where you can write songs for people, like um, I'm friends with Linda Perry, who's a wonderful songwriter and she totally does just that. She yeah. writes for people and she's so good at it. And I, I feel like if I can just plug into whatever that is, I need to know, know a couple more chords um, but I think I know enough about hooks and pop to to be able to deliver that emotional charge. <laughs> well, you've, I mean, you've worked with people like Fiona Apple, who, I mean, I grew up, that was, she was an inspiration to me. I mean, we're almost around the same age, me and her, but like, you know, that's just amazing to me, you know, working with artists of that caliber, I yeah. think, is, really um, special. Is, is, is so, it is so special and it's so uh, meaningful and I think it translates um, into what you know, your experiences are in the studio. Like you, mm-hmm. you come across professional. I mean, granted the bar is pretty, pretty low with, with tan mom and octo mom and like for being <laughs> recording artists. But you know, you're, you're definitely up there as far as like, even with the people that, you know, I've worked with Kathy Sledge from sister sledge, who's mm-hmm. amazingly talented and you can, it, there's a separate quality. I think that puts you, um, puts the, you know, people like you above and that's why you're successful. I think it oh, shows, thank you. you know, thank you. So now you do, um, shows and do videos and do music all over the place yeah i mean i you know i started out doing um i was on the lo- the logo channel which i'm sure mm-hmm. you know mtv's logo network um and i used to be on there all the time with my music videos and um, dance videos and then i hosted a show called pop lab mm-hmm. and um then that got you know canceled and the music kind of went away there and i worked with uh kathy I did the billboard song and i had music placements placements on um, tv and kind of just ballooned from there but then it it started last year and it's funny because there's another funny lady who I'm friends with Lisa Lampanelli who started this whole viral thing last year she was in my music video for my song called Q&A and um it went uh viral and um you know I met my manager Gina Gina Rodriguez and uh she's like wow this is really working for you she's like let's see what we can work on and you know you had Lisa in your last video and you got all these millions of views and everything let's see what we can do and put you together you know and I'm thinking she's going to come back and say well we're going to have you do you know a duet with Katy Perry or we're going to have you like you know do something with Madonna Britney Spears she's like well let's pair you up with Octomom and I was like, okay. Um, it's incredible, though. Sure. And, you know, it, the rest is history. Like, it, you know, it put me out there in a whole new market. So, But it's a genre of, like, song stuff. Like, um, you know, it's it's almost goes back to that, like, almost the musical Chicago. Like, it's kind exactly. of like... Exactly. You take somebody that's a celebrity outside of their own... Um, that's not an artist necessarily. Exactly. Somebody that's famous because of um, the way the press has become mm-hmm. and the media has become. And then uh, they they kind of go into these different things where they're launching different product lines exactly. or they're, they're use, using their fame in a way that serves them as opposed to um, having it sort of fame and the world use them. And it's really a great way to turn around a difficult situation. Um, exactly. But what, you know, Octomom is really fascinating because... It's like that kind of celebrity is, it, it's they're so open to do anything now. You know, they they kind of really have the world's attention, and they can kind of do whatever it is. I mean, 
I don't think it's ever going to be fairly judged as a work of art or um, against somebody who is a, an artist and has has done that their whole life. You know, it's it's one yeah. of those things where it's like, it's never going to be fairly judged, but it will have an audience and yes. it will be listened to. And there's been like kind of classic examples of that through history of, of people who have um, taken their, uh, whatever it is, their, I think, um, notoriety um, to build something. Like, I feel like that, I think Jesse James was doing stuff like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Bonnie and Clyde would have been very successful mm -hmm. if they oh, had yeah. had like videos on YouTube. If they had YouTube back then, they oh would have been God, really, yeah. really popular. They were the original YouTube, you know, like the original story. It's like this, like you hit the nail on the head with Chicago, I think, because that's what always plays in my mind. I just see these people out there and on trial by the public and I see them getting up and just singing a musical number. And it's like, it's so amazing to, you know, it's kind of like, it's funny because people get so mad at something like I've seen and I've seen some of this ire sort of directed to me and my manager's mm -hmm. like, you can't take it personally. It's not at you. You're just, you know, working with them and, and people come at them. But um, it's funny because the, the, they direct their ire, but it's like, if it wasn't for your for their ire in the first place and people paying attention, these people wouldn't exist. It's kind of like the paradox. Like, they're the reason why Octomom is famous. Because if nobody cared, then this would just be a woman with 14 kids mm -hmm. that was living at home and struggling. But mm -hmm. because these people are paying attention and criticizing her and doing whatever, then that's why she's famous. You know, that perpetuates it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of ironic that people get so mad, but they're the reason why they have this fame in the first place. Well, we really like... Um Antoine Dodson. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's really He's a contradiction, isn't he? Well, he's he's <laughs> disappointing because he's become very anti-gay and yeah. supposedly is not gay. <laughs> he just became straight, right? He just, just yeah. became straight, which is really it's like there, there, There's a song or two in that one. There, there's um, quite there's a whole album in that. But but that was a case though where like somebody took his sound bites and auto-tuned them and then made it like not even with his participation yeah. necessarily yeah and that's a whole other aspect of it right that people yeah and because of technology and what people can do at home there's that thing too but then he mm -hmm. became he became gigantic mm -hmm. and there was also sweet brown the ain't nobody ain't nobody got time for that and they <laughs> yeah she, now she's doing commercials for like you know jiffy lube i'm like this it's great made it it's great it's another category of um celebrity that is uh it's manufactured in a way, but there is some sort of a organic rootsy appeal from it. You know, there is, um, it's, it's almost kind of like a sideshow thing, almost. I mean, I think Octomom really, and Tanmom, both, they're, they're, it, it is almost sideshow because they're utilizing their body as part of mm -hmm. the um, grand exhibit. Now wouldn't, now, wouldn't a duet between Octomom and Tanmom be the most brilliant thing ever? Yeah. That I would love, to, I would pay to see that. I mean, but I the would. thing is, is that you need somebody to uh, kind of hold them up. Like, you yeah. know, who would be the good producers of that would be the guys that produced Friday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Calling producers of Friday. We have your next song. <laughs> because the, those guys are so, that that's such a weird thing too. That's another um, kind of group of, the, the guys that produced that song, they're in the video for like a second. Patrice something or other? Yeah. yeah and they're like way older than she is. Yeah, which every, is a little creepy, but... Um. They're, 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 <laughs> it's a very odd rap break that everybody tries not to pay attention to because they're way too old to be in this video. Um, but they're the, they're the genius behind it. Well, there's I think she has a new... Rebecca Black did a new song called Saturday. Oh, yeah. And it's something where she gets up and she's like, I'm getting up on Saturday morning. I'm hungover and I got all my friends over from third period. I'm like, 
she's in high school and she's hung over and like yeah i'm like what's going on there they're still over there yeah <laughs> it's saturday <laughs> that was quite some party how old is she, how old is she now i think she's only 15 so she's mm-hmm. yeah so it's a, it's, it's a very bad example <laughs> yeah bad but but that doesn't that actually helps now but the controversy it? helps yeah. it exactly yeah. that's what people are, that we're talking about but how, i love that it took her what three years to get to the next day <laughs> yeah She's milking yeah. it. Yeah, by by Monday, she's going to be in her 20s. <laughs> It'll be the senior citizens on Wednesday. <laughs> but that song is such an earworm. Like, it's like, it's not really my jam, but I can't deny its power to get in your head. Like, it's like, and sometimes those earworms are not for good. Sometimes it's evil. Well, I, I mean, I have to say, and I've said this to you many times, the earworm song that I listen to all the time in the gym is Margaret's Cho, I'm a Woman. And well, I still show I am a woman. Yes, it's and a good song. I, it's, I mean, that's just, to me, that's like pop brilliance. Because it's, you're doing, you're taking, obviously you're talented and you're a very talented comedian, but you're taking that and you're making fun of it within itself and the music. And it's mm-hmm. in, in the irony in that whole thing is it's a really good, catchy song. Oh, thank you. So it's like, um, I mean. But it's not um, something that I wrote. It's not um, something that I produced. And, it, it, you know, the, the process of going through that, um, was so physically hard. You you see what a real singer can do. Yeah. You know, like when a real singer goes in, it's that kind of stuff is effortless. But for me, I'm like, <laughs> you know, that kind of gloss for um, everything is so hard to achieve. Um, it is not natural for me. But I, I appreciated working with Desmond Child yeah. and um, with Andreas. So they're, they're, they're like, so you know, we we were we were recording in the. It was the. Um, the record plant, the the really the really the the one yeah, the, the, the New York, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the big deal. No, 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 the plant. one here. Oh, here. What is it? Is is it the record plant? The music it's like plant or something. It's the record. I, I think it's know. it's the is the one here, but it's like the really really posh nice studio, and it's like well, this is too nice. I I get really freaked out if it's a really nice studio. Well, it's so weird now because I mean the the idea of a studio doesn't even exist as much anymore because people can do it in so many sort of places remotely, but, yeah. but to go to like such a, a an esteemed and expensive place like that almost seems like unheard. Mm-hmm. i mean record even the idea of there's not even record companies anymore like yeah. that like nobody's yeah. giving you all this money to go record so it seems yeah now like that seems even way opulent or it's so uh it, it's so opulent and it's so it to me it's pretty jarring i mean i um but it's all, but it's also old school rock and roll, you mm-hmm. know, old school music to go do something like that. As yeah, well. yeah, to you be know. and and to be in the studio and to have to do a million takes and to have to just go right. through it line by it's line draining. by line and it's so super draining. To me, it's like I'll, I do it like three times and that's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> <I> felt, <laughs> well, I felt bad today when we were recording. You know, I was trying to produce. I mean, you're great at taking direction, but it's like you know, I hate giving direction. I'm not a producer. I mean, I guess you know, I am a producer, but I hate. You know, going because I know as an artist how grueling it is to sit there and have to like rehash line after line after line and give it your all on each one and like you pour your heart and soul into it and it's kind of like. But it's good. It's better that way. I mean, you know what it's supposed to sound like, so yeah. that's good. It gives you the raw, the raw feel to it. You yeah, gotta, you gotta have the right voice. You just gotta have that, like that, that old British bloke voice. Love, can we go do another take on that? <laughs> just one, more. and then it's just automatically <laughs> they're gonna do it. it. Look, yeah. yeah, I just, uh, I just need a bit more from you. If you could just do it that way, you know, as long as you have that voice, people will do anything because it makes it more sort of. Yeah, well, a tip. Like, I'm gonna Mark, that. what's this one called? <laughs> Ride about swan. <laughs> it's like that. Um, that total. You need that. Yeah, that. It's like the British engineer. What, one more take, love, then we'll uh, we'll head down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Go have a kip. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. Um, 
Yeah, it's it is it is really fun to be in the studio. And today we were in sort of a, a rap studio. Um, and you know what I'm a genius at? Finding drugs because there was a, b- a bag. Oh of- my god! You are you in. are the <laughs> accidental dr- a drug uh, finder. No, this you- is I always find drugs, and it's so. <laughs> well, you're weird. well, you're in a recording studio, so it's yeah. almost. And it was like it's a rap. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it was like a rap recording studio, and um, so the engineer sat down, and then he sat in the couch. There was a big, there was like a big bed, a pot, <laughs> like a bag, and he was like, "Is this yours?" And I was like, "No, but I'll take it." And he gave it to me. He's like, "Okay, if somebody comes in, you're looking for it. You better give it to him." I was like, "Yeah, of course." Somebody will. Somebody will you know, come it back. Might be a month from now, but somebody <laughs> will come in. Going, uh, yeah, I, I left. I uh, left some. I left um something. But I don't know why, like, I'm, like, really good at finding drugs. Like, I was at um, a hotel in Zurich, <laughs> and I was looking through my guest book to find out when the breakfast was, uh, and a bag of cocaine fell out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so shocked. I was like, oh, my God. I was, I was elated, but I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> it was so bizarre, because I walked downstairs... Yeah, I gave oh, it you to know, him. You sent me an email. Yeah. And I just happened to see it. And I walked downstairs and you're freaked out. And you're like, this cocaine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this cocaine in your room. It was in my room and it was so, it was like right there. Is and, it left um, by the maid, by guest services? Maybe? No, that yeah, was, like, no, a, was like, not like a, a mint on the pillow. You, yeah, you think the, the Swiss do chocolate really well. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it was cocaine, a little they, bag of um, cocaine yeah. of chocolate. Yeah. That's, but that's quite, that was quite weird. But you found, well, a big bag of weed in a rap studio was kind of yeah. It was it was good. Kinda I'd be granted. amazed if you didn't find a big bag. <laughs> I know. Of I felt I felt like it was good luck. You know, Love, it was if you like... find my bag of weed, uh, <laughs> let me know. I misplaced it when I sat down on the lounge. There's like all these different, um, you know, the, the, there's all these different in, sort of environments that you find yourself in in rock and roll, and then you know you're gonna see drugs sometimes. I guess. <laughs> so it's already returns to whether you do them or not. But yeah, once or twice they're gonna they're gonna be there. But they're gonna be there. I mean, it's so weird. Especially I don't know. Especially for you, because you just you just you just have that uncanny ability to look around. Could, and like, oh, I there's, can drugs. Fi- there's drugs. It's like a superpower. I no, I always <laughs> see them. Like if I'm like we're like traveling. Like I remember like kind of being on a bus. Uh, we were on that bus, and when I saw a bunch of methadone, like oh in the- like oh that's about because I also can identify every pill from just sight. I hope it wasn't the uh-huh. bus drivers. <laughs> no, I can identify any kind. I mean, you know, but I was just like, oh okay. And so I see him everywhere. I I think I just know what to look for. That's Prilosec. That's um, that's yeah. an Ambien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my special power. It's a superpower. It's yeah. Hey, why not? The, the, the drug vengers. Uh, I can see drugs where they are and I can find them. <laughs> I, know, I know what they are and what they'll do. What they'll do. And how long till it, it, it needs to wear off. You're going to get a lot of junkies yes. as fans, I bet. They're going to want to like, <laughs> hang out with you now. Well, yeah, but it, and it's like I don't do them, so it's not even any fun. <laughs> so they'll give, you give them away. Then. Yeah, that's just looking. But you could now go work for like a, like the, like a, the, the DEA. Like when Elvis went to go work for the DEA. Oh, he did? Oh, he wanted to. He wanted to. That's when he showed up uh, at the White House. Oh. High, out of his mind on drugs. Oh, and wow. he told Nixon he wanted to work for the DEA. Wow. I think he would be good. I mean, you know, because he would know what to look for. Well, exactly. He knows. You know? He, he would definitely, well, he had them too. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I found the drugs. Yeah, they're on me. They're on me. They're in my pocket. I did them all. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're in me. I, they're in me. Yeah, they're in me. But Aww. I can get you. I can get more. Oh, it's so yeah. It's so weird. You've seen that picture though of him and, and Nixon in the White House. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elvis just decided to. I'm going to go to the White House. 
and he just he just went. Yeah. Well, he's the kind of guy that could go. Yeah, at that time, he could do it, yeah. Yeah, that's so great. I love it. Are you going to go to the White House and be like, I found this on the lawn? Um, I have been to the White House a number of times. I um, have never really... um, I never found anything. Hmm. They do have a lot of chocolate coins that they give away. Oh, yeah. And they have... um, What do they have there? They have got good... uh, uh, they have a, a brandy for each room, like the red room and the blue room. They have their own um, brandy uh, that is, I don't know, distilled for the White House. Really? So you can get served that if you wow. go during cocktail hour. Um, you can, um, uh, supposedly my DVDs are in the Oval Office. I, I haven't been, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've been taken out of there or not. I, I think they, they may have updated. Um, You're but, timeless. Yeah, can't. <laughs> <laughs> but just sort of during the Obama administration, um, I couldn't say for the Bush administration. I don't think they're in there. I think they probably took no. them out. Um, but uh, yeah, no drugs at the White House, not yet. It's fairly small. If you're going there for a party, too, you're you're shocked at how small it is. Really? Mm-hmm. How, when when you go there, do you go in the front or do you go in one of the side? You go in one of the side things. So you have to go through the metal detector and everything, and there's like mm-hmm. a whole thing. Um, and you go through a security clearance before you go. To, so that you can go. And then when you go uh, for a state dinner, it's different for different events, but for like a, a very formal state dinner, which is like I think the, one of the highest um, things you can do there, like it's like a nighttime event and um, it's a black tie. And then you go in and um, you are immediately separated from your date because they don't want you to talk to the person that you came with. You have to sit next to somebody else. So I ended up sitting next to Sumner Redstone and I think mm-hmm. uh, um, Jack Valenti. <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> so we talked to those gentlemen for a while. Um, and uh, Leroy Neiman was at our table, I believe. Also. Oh, yeah? There was all these really weird... This was in the 90s, and there was all these weird, weird, weird Was um, Was there people. a conversation, or is it kind of forced? No, it's Do very people, bubbly, and a lot of yeah. people know each other from other things, and they want to have younger people to talk to. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of it, it's like you have to um, just sit and talk to the people that you're, you're um, invited to sit and talk with. And it, it was... Uh, um, it, w- it was a very... It was a very amazing event and this is like during the clinton administration the clintons were really they were really like into throwing these like pretty lavish parties and and you didn't find any drugs and there was no drugs <laughs> no but they were pretty dry you know yeah. the, the clintons are a pretty dry administration there mm-hmm. might have been some if, if if w was still there maybe yeah maybe <laughs> right maybe maybe and they, they w like when w came in because he was a coke dealer <laughs> our dealer? Oh, I don't know if he was a dealer. He did coke. He was a coke dealer. I thought he was a coke dealer. Yeah, well, that's George W. Story. Bush. He did a lot of blow. But then well, yeah. also saw Obama. Did he smoked a bit of weed and maybe did a little blow when he was in Hawaii? Well, something? when I met Obama, he smelled like cigarettes. Oh yeah. So he's also he's smoky. I think he's smoky, but well, that was a big is, deal. He had to stop smoking, but I, but I don't. I don't think I he stopped. I don't think he quit. Which is not, not with that job. No, it's a stressful job. Oh God, yeah. So. No drugs, but I, I'll, I'll go back again. I was invited once um, during the uh, Bush administration, um, but it, it, I would never have gone because I, I was not a fan of that administration. Also, it was a $10,000 ticket to, you had to pay to go. And oh, you had to pay? Uh, it was a fundraiser. Oh, okay. And Clint Black was performing. I don't want to pay $10,000 to see Clint Black. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, 
you know, maybe Lisa well, Black. Who, who was the money going to? That was going to the um, who was the, the where national, was the money? The national debt. Going? <laughs> the national I think it was going. It, I think it was just going to um, the Republican Party. I don't. I don't really know. It was some sort of specific thing, but I can't really understand. Yeah, I mean, what it if was. it was one thing like. It was a good cause, but it seems really yeah. kind of like starving political. children. Yeah, but it came in a whole bunch of envelopes. Like, it's so a you get a big envelope, and then you get another envelope, and then you get another envelope, and then it's another another envelope. It's like all these different. It's like weird. Um, it's like those Russian dolls where you take one, yeah. the other, or the other. <laughs> and it's just it's like you no wonder. Get to, oh, yeah. it's ten grand. Yeah, <laughs> ten grand yeah. to enter here. It's a huge debt because we have all the you know. They should have just sent an e post to mail. Yeah. <laughs> the envelopes cost so much. We'll be attending, maybe, yes, <laughs> no. It's very, uh, it, it's it's very crazy. But um, uh, hopefully we can go, maybe we'll go and uh, we'll go see the White House together, you guys. That would be, be fun. Good. Yeah. Could we'll we perform our new song at the White House? We can. That would go over well. That would be great. <laughs> um, actually, I've turned down that performing at the White House. I think that would be... Stand, stand up? Yeah. I've had a couple of little bit, like, not... Formal requests, but kind of interest in that, and I, I really don't want to. The only thing that I would do would be the 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 big press dinners, so the, the White House correspondence dinner. dinner. Yeah. That that's the one thing that I think every comic would like to do. Would you have to? Would you have to customize a special set for? Like, would you have to tailor what you say and make sure there was nothing offensive or nothing? No, like, you would want to sort of be exactly. They 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 know exactly who they're booking. When they when they book you for it. they know exactly exactly how far you'll go and what you'll do you, you know people are booked to do it um, you know for pretty pretty plain reasons and 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 yeah. um, political reasons too so uh, there, there's got to be um, you know some some time to do it that's like kind of the ultimate gig as a comedian to do that mm-hmm. that particular gig that's fascinating so there's no like blacklist like no Republican jokes no jokes about Chris Christie's weight no jokes no you about, would have like, to I mean that the things they're all political. Uh, people, you would have to talk about them. There, there's no getting out of it. And there's no getting out of making fun of the president or not making fun of the president. Mm-hmm. You can't... Uh, it, it's a very, very specific um, kind of a gig. And it's it's hard to guess exactly. I think I will probably be ready for something like that when I'm maybe in my 70s. I feel like when I become like <laughs> 71 or 2, I'm going to get all of that shit, like the Mark Twain Award and all the like, <laughs> Kennedy Center honors and all. I'll be just speaking with a medal with a big cunty grin on my face <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just with all these medals. Just one of those old assholes. my medals, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> just like... You know, because if comics live, generally um, we become very respected in a way that no other um, art form is is kind of mm-hmm. respected. You know that that the, the comedians have a far longer lifespan. Um, I think in general in art, uh, we don't have a lifespan like I think in in personal lives. Like I think most comedians' lives are pretty messy and terrible. So we don't actually live that long, yeah. but if you are able to survive, yeah, if you're able to. You will. You're allowed to get kind of cranky, mm-hmm. kind of speak your mind about anything. Yeah, and uh, and, and and yeah, and just sort of um, yeah, just just to let people know what's. what's well, I think what's yeah, up. that makes it funnier. I think when you see an old old comedian that's cranky and kind of like that becomes shtick because it's, it's like, great. and they're just normally acting like that, but it, everybody thinks. Well, it's, they also they also cut through the bullshit and tell yeah. you what, like yeah, no, this is all bullshit. What's going on here? Let I me know. tell you what's happening. And that's kind of what George Carlin. He mm-hmm. just got he just got crankier and angrier and and more and it was great to watch. Yeah, because his whole thing was more people need to die mm-hmm. and get out of the way. 
Well, look at um, Betty White too. She has all that show now where um, yeah. on NBC, where it's like her just playing pranks on people and kind of saying, mm-hmm. you know, get it. And she's on um, that show on on TV Land too, where she plays like the the cranky old woman. Right, right. But yeah. it's hilarious, and everybody loves it because it's like you know, it's great. That's what we want to see. She's great. She has two assistants. Wow, they're both pretty old. Yeah, how old are her? She's what, 90... She's 94, yeah. I think. So her assistants are in their 70s? 70s? I think so. <laughs> wow. And they help. They help her out. <laughs> they know where her stuff is. Yep. <laughs> they know where her drugs are. Everybody, um, you know, everybody, yeah, they know her where her drugs are. <laughs> They're helping her. <laughs> it's very good. It's in her panties. Well, Adam, uh, where can people tweet you? Um, my Twitter is Adam underscore Barta. And I have to say this, I am trying, I'm like, it's, I guess it's like the, the holy grail of Twitter is like to get verified. So if you know any secrets on, because I know you're verified, I've had people like... I don't know. I was just, I woke up one day and I was verified. I never uh, did anything about I, it. I heard it's like the Illuminati, like to get into that verified society like you have to like give up your firstborn child and well i, I don't even know what because we've discussed this before we don't i don't even know what it means it just means you get that blue check though right? i think it's like that you're actually the person you say you are so, so i keep saying like i should just tweet like i'm gonna kill like 50 people i would never do that but like you know do something outrageous and mm-hmm. like it's not me i'm not verified you know yeah but it's it's something that i i'm not sure how i did um Although I appreciate that it exists because then, you know, you talk to people and then they're verified and you're and like, that's, oh. And that's how we actually started talking. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It did help because, um, you know, somebody had tweeted, I think, at Margaret, oh, you and Adam should work together. Mm-hmm. And she responded and she was like, I'd love to. You know, I heard his superficial song. It was great. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for the verified, I would think it would just be a crazy person trying yeah. to, like, mess with me. But then it, since it is verified, you're like, oh. It's really Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her my number and it's really her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's a, it gives you a sense of security, like, oh, this is not some weird, crazy, uh, for, I don't know why anybody would impersonate me, but although it has <laughs> happened. Really? Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. There was, I've had some stalkery things where this one person was trying to actually impersonate me and did a very good job. Actually looks like me. Oh, like not even just online, but no, just going actually around. No, actually it was... There's a, f- a couple of different instances of it happening. So, so if it wasn't for the verified, I could have been with that person <laughs> right now, thinking I'm with Margaret. How Cho do you even yeah. know that you are? Uh, How do you? you know? I know you, this could really not be Margaret. I don't know. This could be that fantastic this could be person. A really, <laughs> really good, really good person. Somebody just had plastic surgery to look like Margaret <laughs> Cho in the exact same house that was on the yeah, show. Bought that <laughs> like, house. Yeah, I don't know. People get obsessed. I'm not sure. But it's very, it's a, it's, yeah, it's well, very it's good easy to, be to I- impersonate somebody online because anybody can set up any. You know, that's the thing. Sometimes when you're trying Absolutely, to, to yeah. follow uh, somebody on Twitter and you're like, is that the real? Yeah, like you said, is that the real one? But um, to do it like personally, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Yeah, they that's, try to impersonate you. Yeah, uh, it's a, a few times. Well, we just met. Um, I just recorded after our song, and he was here. You saw the the kid who had um, all the plastic surgery to look like Justin Bieber. Yes, yes, Toby Sheldon. So he spent yes. over a hundred thousand dollars on it. Hundred grand, yeah, yeah. So it happens. People, people want to look like their favorite celebrities. That's like, that's like what? How many Republican fundraisers is that? Like, that's that's ten. Uh, ten. That's ten. So he could go with a, no, with a, a group. Yeah, ten, ten, ten. ten. He yeah. can go with a with a group of friends. <laughs> ten people. <laughs> he could bring his band. He could bring his band and Rebecca and Black release. and Betty White. Yeah. Mm. So it'd be good. So well, thank you, Adam. My pleasure. We will hear our song. Uh, we will play our song when we have it all set up and um you can tweet me at margaret cho where can they tweet you at jimmy shelter you not can... not verified by the way and <laughs> we gotta work on that I'm margaret's margaret's verifying us twitter so if she's, <laughs> we're here and we're real people we're they're really real Adam. they're and real so verify us they're real 
Um, you can tweet both of us at Monsters of Talk. We are every Monday on SoundCloud.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. We love our listeners, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>